It's me again. Right? Hey, Margaret. Me again, Margaret. Right, right. Somebody knows. Somebody knows. Hey, Kevin, it started that. Just so you know, it's Kevin's fault. I had no problems last week. He wasn't here. Joshua chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6. I'm going to kind of do a... uh, Going to be in the same area we were last week and going to be in this area for the for a little while um, looking at some things and, and uh, talking about some things that uh, are just really in my opinion brought out in Joshua for some reason they just kind of stand out this is not the only place we can find discussion on this subject by any means but it's one of the more prevalent ones in my opinion just as I read through it it just kind of stands out to me um, So we're going to start this morning in Joshua chapter 6, and we're going to talk about the importance of obedience. Um, Montana has a a tendency um, when I'm preaching, well, first she'll ask each week, are you preaching? And when I tell her, yeah, she always wants to know what I'm preaching about. And I said, well, you won't have to worry about being a sermon illustration this week because I'm talking about obedience. (laughs) She said, but you could use me on how not to do it. I said, we'll do that next week in disobedience. So y'all stand and let's read Joshua chapter 6 starting in verse 1. Joshua chapter 6 starting in verse 1. Now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out, none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city all the men of war going around the city once. Thus shall you do for six days. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. On the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. And when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, everyone straight before him. So Joshua the son of Nun called the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and let the seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, Go forward, march around the city, and let the armed men pass before the Ark of the Lord. And just as Joshua had commanded the people, the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram horns before the Lord went forward, blowing the trumpets with the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord following them. The armed men were walking before the priests who were blowing the trumpets, and the rear guard was walking before the Ark while the trumpets blew continually. But Joshua commanded the people, You shall not shout or make your voice heard, neither shall any word go out of your mouth until the day I tell you to shout. Then... You shall shout. So he caused the ark of the Lord to circle the city, going about it once. They came into camp, spent the night in camp. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests, bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord, walked on. They blew the trumpets continually. And the armed men were walking before them, 
And the rear guard was walking after the Lord while the trumpets blew continually. And the second day they marched around the city once and returned into the camp. So they did for six days. You can be seated. Brother Harvey, would you open us in a word of prayer, please, sir? Amen. All right. So just to kind of uh, get a little background, a little catch-up here, I think everybody's pretty familiar with, um, with this story. Last week we talked about the um, children crossing the, the uh, Jordan River and the water standing up. And then they, they, they come into Canaan, and here is uh, this city called Jericho. And where we picked off reading, uh, it says Jericho was shut up inside and out because of the people of Israel. They heard about the people of Israel. So they they this is the largest fortified city in the area, and it's on lockdown. We're all pretty familiar right now with lockdown, right? They're on lockdown. Nobody going out, nobody coming in. This city's locked down. But look in verse 2. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and its mighty men of valor. Joshua just received a promise from God. If you read the end of chapter 5, you'll see that Joshua was talking to a man who said he was the, the um, leader of the army of the Lord, commander of the army of the Lord. Alright, so this word came to Joshua from, most likely from this angel, if you will. A commander of the army of the Lord. He said, look at this. This is the largest city, largest fortified city in this whole area, and I've given it over to you. You're going you're gonna to overtake it, its king, its mighty men of valor, right? That's a promise from God that Joshua has just received. Now, following the promise was an instruction, and very detailed instruction. March around the city one time a day for six days. This is the order that you march in. The, the, the soldiers, the Ark of the Covenant, the seven priests blowing the ram's horns, blow the horns continually, don't say a word. So Joshua has received a promise, now he's received instruction. Now Joshua, next in our reading, Joshua delivers these same instructions to the people of Israel, right? He takes the instruction that God has given him and he gives it to them. This is what we're going to do. Six days around the city, around the walls. We're going to walk in this order. We're going to do it one time a day for six days. Y'all don't say a word until I say shout, but when I say shout, I want to hear you shout. And they do this until the end of our reading they, they, we get the detail of the first day and it says, and then if you look in chapter 6 verse 14, and the second day they marched around the city once, returned into camp, so they did for six days. Now I want you to picture this. 
How long did it take you to get tired of being locked up? Right, about 20 minutes. That's, you're about right. For six days, they've been given this instruction that for six days, you'll march around this city. You'll march in this order. These men will be blowing these ram's horn trumpets for six days, one lap, and back to camp. How many of those folks do you think looked up and went, Joshua, this is crazy. This is ridiculous. We got, we're just going to march around the walls and it's going to fall down. Yeah, right. But because of who Joshua was and because they trusted who Joshua was, they did as they were told, right? They followed their leader. They took the instruction that was given to them and the Bible says that they, so they did for six days. For six days, they've walked around this building, this city, these walls, one lap, and back to camp, blowing the horns all the way, nobody saying a word, just following instructions, just doing as they're told for six days, one lap a day, and then back to camp. <clears throat> now let's look at the fun part. On the seventh day, they rose early at the dawn of day and marched around the city in the same manner seven times. It was only on that day that they marched around the city seven times. Six days, one time. Seventh day, seven times. At the seventh time, when the priests had blown the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. And the city and all that is within it shall be devoted to the Lord for destruction. Drop down with me to verse 15, uh, 20. So the people shouted and the trumpets were blown. As soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted a great shout and the wall fell down flat so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they captured the city. Then they devoted all in the city to destruction, both men and women, young and old, oxen, sheep, and donkeys, with the edge of the sword. Another part of the instruction was, don't take nothing out. Every, all of this is for destruction. All of this is, quote-unquote, sacrifice to God. Don't take nothing with you. The only thing in here that's going to survive is a lady called Rahab. We're going to get to that in a minute. But I, wanted, I want you to look at what obedience looks like. Because some of us get tired about day three. Some of us get tired about day four. Most people don't ever make it to day seven to see what God has promised. See, they didn't get rewarded at day one for that obedience. They didn't get rewarded on day two. Even though they done exactly what they were told to do. No reward at day three, four, five, or six. Right? No reward. No evidence that the promise was real in the first six days. Right? They just had to trust that what God said He would do, He would do, and then just keep doing it. Right? So many people get to day three and go, you know what? I don't see it. Right? So many people get to day five or six 
and they're just one day away from getting to see what God has promised. And they're gone. They turn from it. They walk away. They're done praying. They're done trying. Listen to me. It takes time sometimes to get to those promises. Sometimes those promises that God has promised us take something on our behalf, some sacrifice from us. And so many times we're one day short of seeing the promise. We're one day short of seeing the healing. Because for six days we did great, but on the seventh we were gone. Right? It took seven days of doing exactly what they were told. Hey, they didn't get none of it out of order. They didn't take none of it lightly. For six days they were in the right order at the right time, the right number of times, the right people with the ram's horns, the right amount of noise, nobody talking that wasn't supposed to. That's what obedience looks like. Then they get to day seven and this six trips of the week wasn't good enough. You hear me? Day seven, six, the other six days didn't matter at this point. It don't matter how long you've been faithful. When you quit, you're done. Right? It don't matter that you prayed for it for the five days of the seven God was wanting you to pray. When you quit at the five, it's over. There wasn't any reward to these guys in the first six days. There was no evidence that the promise was even real. They just had to take His word for it. Amen? You just got to take His word for it. But look, on the seventh day, because they remained faithful, on the seventh day, seven trips, all this time they've been quiet, except for the ram's horns. And on the seventh day, Joshua said, Shout! Were they shouting because the walls had failed? No, the walls hadn't failed yet. This was still part of the obedience. On the seventh day, God said, I mean, Joshua said, Shout! And they shouted. Then the walls fell. Now it's all available. Now they get to see the promise. Now they get to see that God's hand was in it for the whole time. It hadn't been obvious to this point. Don't forget that. There's no guarantee at day three that other than God said it, right? There's no evidence that it, there's nothing. Little rocks ain't falling off at the top or the bottom. One little wall didn't fall to give them encouragement. You know what I mean? Because that's what you and I look for. While we're that first day out there walking around it, we want to see some cement falling off, don't we? We want to see some evidence that what we've been told is true, right? And when we don't see that, we get discouraged and we get weak and we go, forget it, it ain't worth it. It probably ain't going to happen no way. And when you quit, you're right. It ain't going to happen no way. Because you quit. You stopped. You didn't make it to day seven. You didn't fulfill your end of the thing. But look, on the seventh day, the seventh trip, the blowing of the horns, the shouting of the voices, and the walls come down. See, that's the faithfulness of the God we serve. When He makes a promise, He's going to keep His end. He ain't worried about that. He's worried about if you're going to do your part or not. So many of us get to day five, to day six. And because we don't see the evidence of what we've been told is going to happen, we quit. We quit. Some people even make three days on, I mean, three laps on the seventh day. But it don't matter. Your faithfulness has to endure 
whatever you're facing. Your faithfulness can't be half-hearted. Your obedience can't be half-hearted. When God tells you if you want it bad enough, you can have it, He ain't lying to you. Now you just got to show Him how bad you want it. Are you willing to put in the effort? Are you willing to go through the repetitive over and over and over? And listen, the suffering didn't stop for the first six days. It was the seventh day that the walls fell. It was the seventh day that the king fell. It was the seventh day that the army failed. Not the fifth day. Not the sixth day. Not the first trip on the seventh day. It's got to continue. We've got to keep going. There's plenty of, plenty of, plenty of evidence that this is, a, this is not a one-time deal. And I'm going to show you some more of those. Point out a couple more of those. Back up with me to Joshua chapter 3. We looked at this last week. Joshua chapter 3, verse 15. <clears throat> and as soon as those bearing the ark had come as far as the Jordan, and the feet of the priests bearing the ark were dipped in the brink of the water, now the Jordan overflows its banks throughout the time of harvest. Verse 16, the waters coming down from above, stood and rose up in a heap very far away. At Adam, the city that is beside Zarethan, and those flowing down toward the Sea of Abraham, the Salt Sea, were completely cut off and the people passed over opposite Jericho. You know, just a few days before where we're reading it this morning, this event of the walls falling, we had another account. You can go back and read chapter 3 and you'll get the same series of events. Joshua gets instruction. Joshua gives the instruction to the people. The people follow the instruction and the water stands up. It's obedience. And listen, while they were on their way, they didn't get to watch it from a, those guys carrying the Ark of the Covenant, those priests, didn't get to watch this event from afar. What had to happen in order for it to stand up according to the instructions that Joshua gave them. Their feet had to get wet. They had to step in the brink of the water before they could see it take place. So many of us are standing at the edge of the water going, but it's my new shoes. <laughs> We're scared of what's going to happen. We're scared of the consequences of if we get our feet wet and then it don't take place, people's going to laugh at me. Okay. It's a chance you've got to take. See, you've got to trust God enough to get your feet wet. You've got to trust God enough to walk the whole time. Make every lap that's asked of you. And for some of us, for Joshua's bunch, they were given once a day for six days, seven on the seventh day. They knew how, Some of us don't know how many laps we're going to have to make. Some of us, we ain't been promised that just our toes are going to get wet. Some people's knees might get wet before they see it start to unfold. But you've got to remain faithful and you've got to remain obedient to the instructions of God. Well, you say, I ain't got no instruction. You've got a book full of them. A book full of them. Listen, He doesn't tell us to pray until we get what we want, put it all to the side, and just let that be that till we need something else. We ain't serving a genie in a bottle. Our, our prayer life has to be consistent. It has to be a way of life. And just because we don't see the results we want to see the first day, don't give us permission to stop and try something else. You've got to keep chugging. 
You may be in day three. You're trying to get to day seven. You may be at the edge of the water, but your feet ain't wet yet. You can't stop. You can't quit. You can't give in. You gotta keep going. It's gotta listen. In the midst of this story we just read this morning was a lady by the name of Rahab. Most of you are probably familiar with this story, but I want to show you another instance of obedience and the promises of God. They would send out spies to bring back information to find out what was ahead of them before they went into these places to take them over. They sent out a couple of spies to Jericho. They got busted and had to have a place to lay low and hide. And they found this prostitute by the name of Rahab. And they told Rahab, if you won't give us away, when God takes this city, you and your family will be spared. So Rahab hid them. She hid the spies. They came looking. I ain't, ain't seen no spies here. Nope, not in my house. Nope. And, and they got out and they got back to, to, to the army. They got back to Joshua. And right in the middle of right where we just read, I skipped over it on purpose, right in the middle of chapter 6, we see the, the ending of this story. Now remember, there's also some instructions in here about don't take nothing. Now all the silver, the gold, the bronze, hey, it all it's all God's. Don't touch it. Don't take it back to camp. Um, the donkeys, the people, according to what we finished reading right there, it all by the sword. Women, children, the whole shebang. Nothing, nothing's left except Rahab. Look here. In uh, chapter, I mean, yeah, chapter six, verse seventeen, the city and all that was within it shall be devoted to the Lord for destruction. Look here, only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall live, because she hid the messengers whom we sent. Why? Why did Rahab get spared? Obedience, right? So even in the midst of everything else that's going on and everything else falling down around you, listen, think about this. Rahab has been promised that if you'll do this, you won't be harmed, you and your household. Can you imagine what it's like sitting inside? See, we don't have a, a view of that. Can you imagine what it's like sitting inside of Jericho? Remember, this is a fortified city with great big walls. Nobody in, nobody out. And for six days, once a day, They've went all the way around on the outside of this wall, blowing the horns, I mean the, the trumpets made of ram horns. So they've heard that. Everybody inside this city, because they went all the way around the city, at some point during the day, everybody heard that racket. They've heard about the children of Israel. They know what's coming. But they've locked themselves down inside this fortified city so they can be unharmed. And maybe they'll get tired of walking and go away, right? And then on the seventh day, they're sitting there and they hear that ram's horn and they go, hang on, I hear it again. Hang on, I hear it again. Hang on, I hear it again. Then they heard the shout. And when they heard the shouting take place, the walls fell down. Now imagine that you're Rahab and you're inside this fortified city and you've been made a promise. And the walls start to fall. 
listen, everything in there died by the sword. Everything, listen to me, everything in there was destroyed except Rahab and her family. You know, sometimes your instruction ain't to keep necessarily doing something. And sometimes you're in the middle of the destruction and you're watching as the city walls are falling down, people are dying off all around you, cattle, donkeys, everything's being slayed, and you're sitting there going, God, I hope you're telling me the truth. Because that's who Rahab was. She was going, I hope they told me the truth. Because if not, I'm fixing to die by that same sword. And the only way you mess that up is to jump up and run. Right? Rahab stayed in her house. And her and her whole household were spared during all of this. They, they, they were spared. They were, they were given that promise. They trusted that promise. Listen, sometimes you got to get your feet wet. Right? Sometimes you got to march for seven days tirelessly. Just follow, just keep doing what you've been told to do. Just keep doing what you know is right. Listen, you can do all you want to do to, to be as godly as you know how to be. But if you ever stop doing it, it's over. See, the thing about this walk of faith is it's not over until you quit. That's it. Until you quit. And at any time, any one of us can raise our hand and go, I'm out. Listen, I know that because I've seen people after people after people after people do it. I had a conversation with a guy just this past week. We were stuck working together a couple of days, a couple of long days, as a matter of fact. And the conversation came up. And he'd been to church here a few times in the past. And I just asked him, what happened? Well, I mean, where'd you go? I mean, I kind of like seeing you around, believe it or not. His hard time got over with is what it comes down to. That's, that's, that's what happened. He was going through a time. He turned to the church. He turned to God. He stayed there for a little while. The hard stuff was over with, and he checked out. That's the truth. That's what happens. And we see it happen over and over and over and over and over. Listen, obedience to God is not a short-term deal. It's every day, and it's ongoing. And can I say, yes, it can be tiresome. It can be. I'm, I'm, I, you've heard Kevin say this a thousand times, and by the way, me too. That I've taken my set down and went, how do you write a resignation? And go, it'd just be easier. It would. To just walk away and go do something else. It would be, it can't be rougher. But then I come to my senses. Because I know and I understand that obedience to God is not a short-term plan. All the benefits are out of this world. But the plan's long term. Yes, it's tiresome. Yes, it gets old from time to time. Yes, it wears you out from time to time. But listen to me. What if I quit today and tomorrow was my day? What, what if I was this close to having my toes wet and I'm just standing there looking at the water going, 
I don't know, God. I just really don't believe you on this one. And he goes, don't walk off. Just get your toes wet. Obedience to God is not a short-term process. You have no idea what's around the next corner. Neither do I. It could be the greatest blessing you've ever received or it could be the, the biggest bunch of uh, tribulation you've ever experienced. I don't know. But I can tell you this. If you'll remain faithful, so will He. Every time, time and time and time and again. And listen to me. If that thing you've been praying for just hadn't got delivered yet, maybe you just ain't seen it yet, maybe it just ain't there yet, don't quit. You may be on day six. You may be on lap five of day six. It'd be a crying shame to quit now. You know what I mean? Listen, 17 years of marriage and no kids. You don't think we didn't pray for that every day? Every day. Merry Christmas. Here's your nine-year-old. What if we had quit praying in November? What if we had quit praying at year 15? You hear me? You hear me? You understand what I'm telling you? This isn't short term. I don't know what it is in your life. I don't know what it is that you're reaching for, you're groping for, what it is that you know God has promised you. You feel it in your heart. You've read it in Scripture. You know God's promised it to you. I don't know what it is. But I'm telling you today's not the day to quit on it. Whatever it is, today's not the day to quit on it. Listen to me. Don't be scared of getting your feet wet. It's worth the promises of God. Don't be scared to walk around the whole seven days and make sure you complete every lap on the seventh day. If God's told you to hunker down, He's got it. He's got it. You just hunker down right where you're at and don't stop praying. What if you quit early? You'll never know what God had in store for you. You'll never understand. You'll never get to see it. Listen, for six days there was no evidence that that place was going to fall. You hear me? There was no evidence for six days that anything was going to be any different on the seventh day except for the promise that they had. There was no cement cracking. There was no bricks falling. There was, there was nothing happening visually to tell them it's going to happen, just hang on. There may not be anything visually happening in your time right now to promise you to reaffirm the promise. You just got to hold on to the promise. You just got to trust that God is who He says He is and He's going to do what He says He's going to do. And don't quit. Don't stop. I don't know what it is for you. I don't. But I can tell you that we serve a mighty and faithful God. Y'all know who Duck Dynasty, y'all heard of Duck Dynasty by now, surely. I mean, it's done over with. Surely you've heard of it by now. There's a character in there by the name of Cy. Y'all know Uncle Cy? Most people's favorite character if you were to take a survey. I watched a video this week of a guy that interviewed Cy, just a blog type deal, video blog deal where they, I mean, just a random dude. He kind of lives in the same area that they do and he had some connections and wanted to know if he could get an interview. He asked one question. He sat down with Cy and he asked one question. 
How has fame changed you? Now, in true sci fashion, I can't tell what he told. Y'all know what I mean. Jack, right? But here was his answer. It took a man with what he would call shaking faith and solidified it. Because of multiple incidences like this one. He was at a place where they were signing autographs. Phil is his brother. He was always with him. They were doing a speaking thing and signing autographs. And at the end of the night, they was wore out, tired, just beat down, done. He told Phil, go shut that door and everybody outside of it, tell them, sorry, we'll catch them next time. Phil got up, left, went outside the door, come back in the door. The people kept coming. Cy goes, what are you doing? I thought I told you to cut it off, man. We're done. He said, no, there's two at the end of this line you don't want to miss. And I ain't never told you that before, and I won't tell you that every time just to get you to the end of the line, but I'm telling you, you don't want to miss this. So Cy's standing there, and he starts noticing the end of the line, and at the end of the line is an old guy and a real little, drawed-up, scrawny little boy. <clears throat> they finally got there to him, and the little boy... The, the grandfather said, Si, we don't, want no, we don't want no autograph. We don't want no picture. We came here. I want to ask you to pray for my grandson. He's eat up with cancer. We've done some tests this past week. It's all over him. They're going, he's terminally ill. They're going to go tomorrow and figure out what the treatment plan is going to be for the rest of his days on this earth. So Cy calls everybody that's left in the building, 20, 25 people, security people, the guys, ladies uh, mopping the floors and vacuuming and all that, gathers them all up, and this is what he told them. We're fixing to take this young man into the throne room of the Almighty. And we're going to plead on his behalf that this cancer be removed from his body. And they done that. They leave, everybody goes back to normal life. Two years later, they're at another place. Get off an airplane, and Cy said, I got to go. I ain't got time to talk to nobody. I got to find a restroom. And he did. Phil comes in there and goes, you ain't going to believe who I found. <clears throat> and he said he looks up, and here comes this old man and this real good-looking, healthy-looking, head full of hair kid. He said, you remember two years ago when we was at such and such, you prayed for this that little boy? He said, that's him. You recognize him? He said, no, I don't recognize him. No way. So they pulled him aside and had the conversation, went to the doctor the next day, and there was the, the doctor made the technician that was doing the scan do the scan ten times because he kept saying, there's something wrong with your film. Your film's bad. And finally the technician goes, Listen, Doc, there's nothing wrong with the film, and there's nothing wrong with this kid. There's nothing to be found. Sai points at that event in his life to say, that's how God solidified my faith. It wasn't something he did in his life. It was something he did in somebody else's life that he was allowed to be a part of. Listen, I told you all that to tell you this. Sometimes you got to keep going, not just for yourself, but for somebody around you 
Somebody else may need to see what God's fixing to do in your life to solidify their faith. And in my opinion, that may be more rewarding than what's coming to me. Amen? Hey, I don't know what you're after. I don't know what you're pursuing. I don't know the promise you're trying to claim. I don't know. I hope and I pray that it's something you found in Scripture and you're clinging on to it. Because if you found it in Scripture, you, it's, you can take it to the bank. But I felt like I need to come in here this morning and scream at you. Don't quit. Please, whatever you do, don't quit. Don't stop. Stay on track. Obedience is not short term. God's not going to reward you and go, well, I mean, for three days you did pretty good. Now, all that's going to matter is that you didn't go all the way through with it. Or you did. Don't stop. Dale, Savannah, where y'all at? Come on. Listen. <clears throat> whatever it is, wherever you're at in your walk, whatever promise it is that you're depending on, um, whatever it is that you're clinging to, if, if, if God has promised it to you, rest assured, whatever you, even if you have to get your feet a little wet, even if it's tiresome walking around the building once a day for six days, whatever it is, don't stop. Don't quit. Now it's not the time to give up. Now it's not the time to quit. Remain faithful to whatever God has told you and whatever instruction He's given you. Listen, maybe you're just the average Christian walking this, this average Christian life. And you go, you know, God tells me to forgive and He tells me to forgive and He tells me to show mercy and He tells me to show grace. And I'm tired of it. Listen to me. Don't get tired of it. Don't get tired of it. Keep walking it. Keep walking it. It's worth it. I promise it's worth it. The benefits to this thing are out of this world. But you've got to keep going. You can't quit. You can't stop. Now's not the time to throw in the towel. Y'all stand. Let's sing.